for those who sort of saw it almost drift away and were still turning up to watch you play, uh, you know, Plymouth away or Rotherham away, those sorts of things, those the people who came and watched you there, then to be able to reward them and take them to Twickenham was sort of doubly special. You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast, O2 Inside Line. I'm Mark Atkinson. I play centre. I was probably a fail fly half back in the day, but turned into a hopefully a fairly competent centre these days. Um, you have to be able to link everything the 10 is, is sort of seeing and the, the pressure that the 10s come under to the rest of the back line and, and find the speed. I think you need to be sort of relentless. Uh, you probably at times need to be an extra back row and then at times you need to be a back. So yeah, that that's probably the, the main criteria, I'd say. Yeah, we had a really good time growing up. Played a variety of different sports. I always thought I was I was reasonable at a few different sports and then realised I was sort of awkwardly big and, and rugby was going to be the one that fell my way. Managed to get into a situation where I was I was doing okay. I was at school at St Ambrose in Altrincham and managed to fall into the Sale Academy, get selected for that and go from there. Really, That was the start of my sort of playing properly. Probably the first life decision you make of for me was probably leaving uni and going now this is going to be rugby the whole way not an overly great decision to can uni but you know I thought all eggs in one basket at that point with um with rugby and and see where it went probably wasn't the right decision but um I knew I wanted to do it There's a sort of definite pathway now. Boys come out of school, they go in. Talented boys who played England 18s, they're expected to go and play England 20s. And if they don't, questions are asked. It's great now, the structure that they've got in place. And it's not to have a go at the structure that was there 12, 13 years ago, but it just wasn't there. We weren't up to that sort of speed. So we'd come out 18, 19, 20. You need to be playing constantly in order to develop. We had a sort of a wasted few years in our academy group. So you probably do start to slip. Your mind probably starts to wander 18, 19, 20 in Manchester, we're sort of getting a bit excited and probably eyes wide a little bit to sort of the the more fun things. And I don't think I had any rugby guidance either, which sounds strange, but I think there's something that should be put more on agents for youngsters now, or whether it's agents, whether it's academy managers, whether it's rugby mentors from the first team. I I, I try my best to do it to a few boys at our place and and made some really good friends with boys you know, early 20s at our club because you see see potential in them and you, you want the best for them. I got a chance to go to Wasps just after England 20s and I thought this was, thought this was my big chance. Uh, I thought, like, get back on track, but got injured fairly early on, sort of a significant injury in the pre-season tour of previous, probably got dragged into you know, 21-year-old in London for the first time, enjoying himself too much. Um, and I think probably in that time, there wasn't a huge amount of stress on the performance side of it because we weren't playing that often. So therefore, as youngsters, you you start to go, right, well, as so long as I can tick through training and you see the bright lights in London and you start to enjoy yourself, don't you? And And... 
the first time you get away with maybe doing it on a Sunday and rocking up on a Monday, then whilst you're injured, then you think you could probably do it more than one Sunday and it all rolls into one. And at the end of that season, that was um, a big change around at WASP coaches. Basically, if you're if you're bottom of the barrel there and nobody's really looking after you, you, you probably just push to one side and that's what happened to me. And, uh, and probably rightly so, if I'm honest, when you look back. But I played under 20s, a good friend of mine, Rory Clegg. And then the following year, or the two years later, we'd been friends in London. The following year, he'd, he'd won the premiership with Quinn's way. And, and I'd been relegated with Isha. And I was like, what am I doing? We both went off to Thailand together as a group of five or six of us. And um, I was like, Cleggie's just won the premiership and I've been relegated from Isha. What has gone on here? So that was probably my biggest um, moment. Not, you know, I was chuffed for him, but just thinking like, why has mine gone so badly? And just decided like that that was it. Time to, time to start doing it. Because that was make or break time. I was like 22. And that's not to take anything away from anybody playing at a younger, like a higher age than that now in the in the championship hoping to get picked up but there's a time when all players know you're probably you're going to start to struggle to get picked up after that um so yeah i went up there and had fortunately knuckled down had a great time as well playing consistently for two years up there sort of the second or maybe third or fourth chance that i needed but i finally got it right i went for a job opportunity with a friend of mine that was playing at isha at the time and um me and Kenshi went down there. We rocked up thinking there was two jobs and we were going to sort of share this this role and work together, good mates, living together, playing rugby and and start a career. But And there's actually only one job. And we'd both been told to go along for it. And there's one job. And I was sort of like, I, this is not for me. He's a few years old. He didn't want to be involved in rugby that much anymore. So I was like, this, you know, you go on with it. And he stayed with the job for a few years. And that was probably one of those moments. The other, the other one was when... <laughs> We went to, I went off to try and do, to be a steward at the 2012 Olympics. And honestly, I was looking at myself, what is going on here? Two years ago, I thought I was playing 20s, thinking I was going to be the next, <laughs> next best thing, or, you know, thinking I could go on and play premiership rugby regularly. And now I'm looking to get a stewarding job. And there's nothing wrong with a stewarding job whatsoever, but that wasn't on my, I was, didn't see that as part of my career path at that time. I mean, Kench and uh, a longtime friend of Mark Atkinson, Varaki, it would have been so easy for him given his personal characteristics. He's, he's incredibly gregarious, he's incre incredibly affable. He is, if you speak to him, he's, he's the life and soul of the party. So getting a job and getting a pretty good job would have been probably the most easy option. And, and you could see that and you could think this guy's going to go on and he'd be successful in whatever he, he put his hand to. He did choose to to take the hard route and go to the gym. He was never never a gym bunny. Never sort of loved the gym or or really worked that that hard on it. If I'm being honest, until this point, and so maybe he realised his own potential and how good he was. It, it's so impressive given the fact that honestly everyone around him was going out Saturday Sunday. Everyone around him was working Monday to Friday. Everyone around him was was embracing, I suppose, the semi professional london rugby dream as it as it as it, as it was and, and we love that life but it was hard but uh, it was much harder for him to make that decision and say i'm i'm i'm, I'm not going to go out i'm not going to earn this extra money i'm not going to go and paint houses or, or work in an office or, or whatever we were doing for him it would have been so easy given his personal characteristics to to, to get a job and and fair play to him for for turning against the tide
Mike Ray gave me a chance at Bedford and I'll probably he's a big saver for me. I've I've got a lot of time for what he's done at Bedford and and a club like that that's that's managed to produce so many good players over the years. Yeah, it was massive for me to go and play there, play there sort of 50, 60 games over the two years and, and, and start again. I remember Mark Mapletoff told me to move to 12. He was one of the first ones that really pushed me to be a 12. But Mike Rea was, he saw me play at Isha, playing 10 at Isha still, and he just sort of, spoke to me, took me up to Gordonson Road and just said he wanted me to come there and play 12 for them. I walked into a team that was full of characters. Paul Tupai running everything. Um, Ian Vass, who's now coaching at Northampton. There was just amazing characters like that that sort of showed you as a youngster. But they also wanted the best for you, which I'd probably not come across in rugby before as much. These boys wanted to have a great time, but they also, they'd been there and done it and they they knew what was te- what it was going to take and they pushed you. I'm Rafi Quirk, I play for Sale Sharks. The way I describe uh, Mark Atkinson, Aki on the pitch is he's just a presence, he's a he's a, he's a big man. The way he holds it in one hand can get through contact and flick the ball in and around players is, is insane. Okay, I'd love to have said and done what some of the the other boys did in my team and some of the boys who were around that age and came through, played 20s, played premiership, played for England and carried on. And that would have just been incredible, but I, that wasn't my path. I wasn't ready for it and I didn't deserve it at the time. People get it almost when they deserve it. And um, and if it had never happened for me, then maybe I could have looked back and said that I, I wasted opportunities when I was younger, but I guess it probably made it more, sort of more sweet for me that I, I thought it had possibly gone and... And then to get a chance a bit later on, um, after sort of plugging away for years at Gloucester, is is has made it sort of really special for those, for, not just for me, those around me, and then for those who sort of saw it almost drift away, and were still turning up to watch you play, uh, you know, Plymouth away or Rotherham away, those sorts of things. Those the people who came watch you there, then to be able to reward them and take them to Twickenham was sort of doubly special. Eddie spoke to us this week about, you know, you have to go and make a coach pick you. And I think it is a real valid point because uh, we were probably sat there thinking our chance will come. Don't annoy too many people. Don't step out of line. And, that, and that's probably where I, I certainly went wrong. You just you just floated by going, your chance will come because you, we enjoyed being at Sale. We were local boys. And yeah, and that's probably unfortunately where it, it fell into a the balance of whether you took it for granted or not. That, that's sort of what ended up happening. And every time you get a chance to go on the pitch with the first team, you almost have to be the person who goes out and, and overdoes it. There's still probably a big education to explain to youngsters how they how they get to the next level. Because they're obviously brilliantly talented, but how they go about going from there to kicking on to being first team players. I'm Ben Youngs, uh, part of the England men's senior squad, uh, and I, I suppose do my trade at Leicester Tigers uh, in the Premiership. So Mark Axon, he is an unbelievable singer that people probably didn't know. He's at, well, you might know, he's class. He reckons he's got albums stored away in his brain. So 
But it, as a player, um, you know, he's come to he's come to international rugby a little bit later on in his career. Brilliant in terms of just like helping youngsters and buying into everything, trying to bring the team together. Like they're just like proper people that help bring the team together, especially with his his ability to sing on the spot. My name is Lewis Dudlam and I play for Northampton Saints. Uh, Aki is awesome. Aki, just for the squad, um, morale, hell of a singing voice as well. Aki, I think, has been fantastic for, for this group of boys and for him to come into the setup so late. Um, I think he offers a, a great perspective on life and he never, never takes anything for granted. It's, I think, a really positive thing. So my my mum and dad, especially my brothers, were they saw me as a professional rugby player. They they didn't think he just because I was down at Isha, they didn't think that's the end. They always thought saw that as a stepping stone. They didn't really re like probably quite realise how far Isha was off from where my mates were playing at the time and how drastic a leap had gone down. They were just saying, right, well, Mark's still doing what he's doing and and we'll still go and watch and support, but it's probably good for me that they didn't realise because I think if people around you start to say that you're dropping down, you start to believe it. Whereas if they're still speaking to you like you're playing professional rugby every week, that probably kept me going. My wife's mum, not my wife at the time, but we, when we were first together, she, she decided that she was going to con me into training a bit harder because my wife's brother is a big influence on my career now. He'd done really well and he'd been out and seen someone to work with outside of rugby. So the mum was sort of conned me into doing that by offering to pay for my first week. And then from there, it cost me an arm and a leg to do. But that was another sign that I knew I was back into wanting it that much that you were going to sort of sacrifice most of your money at the time and not a lot of it to train outside of rugby as well. I think Lids was big for me as well. I think my wife was big for me in the sense of she knew that I'd, I'd probably wasted a few years. She'd seen know how success, successful her brother had been and things like that and she knew she knew I wanted to do it I probably just wasn't giving it my all so she probably helped me with that sort of thing as well um, even if I didn't really realize it at the time she was she was a big yeah sort of big influence for me and uh, and once it had come back for me I thought this is yeah this is what I need to do Cipriani looking to massage the defenses over the top he goes Atkinson slips past the defender oh it's Naira Lavoro Momentum's a big thing and I'm playing games and, and I'd played 50, 60 games in the last few years, last, last couple of seasons and, and almost that's all I needed. I just needed that. Maybe if it had been a few years earlier, there'd have been a different result for the way my career started. But I don't regret it because there's been a lot of different journeys, met a lot of good people along the way to do, to get to there. I just thought once I was back in, Something had flicked in my head and I, I thought it was going to happen again. And it is just a bit of confidence and a bit of momentum. I think all throughout it, I touched on it before, all throughout it, I think if you've got um, family and friends around you that still believe you were a professional rugby player and, and talk to me as though I was a professional rugby player and and it, it, it took a few years, but then I started to act like a professional player and, and things fell into place. Probably an element of guilt attached to it now when I think about it because that 
I didn't give it my all, but probably people around me thinking I was giving it my all. And that's probably the only thing that I do regret. Not, not the way it's all happened and the way it built back up. The only thing I probably regret was me really knowing I wasn't giving it my all. And other people around me had made sacrifices to be able to get me to a situation. And being a youngster, you don't think about that in the moment. But on reflection, I definitely, there's an element that regrets that. I was probably a bit disappointed in the summer, for instance, when the squad was announced and it was a, and, I, and I'd sort of, first time ever I'd looked at it thinking, no, there could be a chance, boys away on lines, boys away. You know, there was a end of a, a fairly decent season and, and it didn't happen. So that, that was absolutely fine, start the next season. And I didn't actually know a squad was being announced. I, I sometimes don't really know when the dates are. I mean... I should probably follow England on social media, maybe see if when the when the squads are being announced. But um, I wasn't aware of a squad being announced, and we were watching TV. I think it was a Sunday night, and my phone was on playing White Noise in the baby's cot, and Lids's phone went off, and she had a message from Dan Robson's missus saying, "Oh, congratulations!" To which we were sort of a bit like, "It's late. It's nice. It's late. The baby's two months old at this point. I mean, it's nice of her to get in touch to say it, but..." Yeah, it was sort of eight weeks. Most people had sent their cards by that stage. But yeah, Jags messaged Lids and said, congratulations on the WhatsApp group. So we checked hers, checked opened it. And I honestly couldn't, it was like 10 o'clock at night. The score has obviously been announced the following day. I could not, I didn't have a clue. didn't have a clue what to do with it. So I almost preferred it, the fact that I had no idea, no, you know, no preconceived ideas about what might happen. Didn't know a squad was being announced, so that was sort of doubly special and really scary in the same breath. So I think the baby probably woke up to us shouting rather than the me stealing my phone back. The dummy runner, Atkinson slices through. Four tries in the space of 14 and a half minutes. Atkinson has his... The autumn was my first experience of being involved. Um... We did the week in Jersey, went well. Did the Tonga training week, and and that went that went really well. Felt good in that. And then obviously we get to the Thursday, and people leave to go home. And I was kept in a, a squad. It must have been a 27, 28 person squad. Some boys went home, and the squad was announced. So I, I wasn't involved, and I wasn't the 24th man. I was just sort of may, maybe there for the experience of being around the, the team for the first time, but. Um, I was just chuffed to be around. It's, I was just, you're going to be there on game day, you're going to be in and around the change rooms. And then there was a, a, a fairly famous COVID positive test, wasn't there, which may or may not have turned out to be a false positive COVID test. <laughs> I, <laughs> which, I mean, uh, horrible for, like, tough for Faz because it turns out it wasn't a, a real positive. <laughs> But I, you've just got to take how it comes, haven't you? Everyone was great with me. The morning, Eddie just pulled me to the stair, stairwell in the Richmond Hotel and he, he just said, oh, look, there's been a positive test. You're going to be on the bench. Um, prepare yourself and, and enjoy it. And there was a few other people that pulled me to one side. Like um, Hilly pulled me and, and Richard Hill spoke to me and sort of said, um, he's like, what's the biggest crowd you play in front of? And I, I, I said I'd, I'd played the Barbars game against England a couple of years ago. I said there's probably 40,000, 50,000 there. And he said, well, just think about it this way. There'll be 80,000 
watching you today or tomorrow it was, and about 79,500 of them will want you to do well. I remember before thinking, try and take this in as much as you can. Um, and, and kept having that mindset, which is, which is basically what I do most days at England, try and say, this could be your last day, this could be it. This could literally be, you could get a message from Eddie saying, come and see me, you're done. And you know what? If he did it, I would shake his hand and say that was that was great. I, I don't, I don't think when you you don't expect it, you just have to relish it all, relish every day. So I kept thinking like, right, this is this is you, this is your chance. Um, and I just, yeah, I loved it. And then the moment it all finishes, that's the amazing thing is you just want to do it again then. And that's what I think that's the drive, isn't it? Once you get a taste of it, you just want that again and that again. It's hard to put, it's actually hard to put into words what that and it meant after that sort of journey to get back to you know not only playing that level but getting in and and seeing what it's all about so uh yeah it was it was super special yeah